listening to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Jacob Sheckman, and I'm with Your Future is Our Business, part of a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students ages 10 to 18 explore careers by connecting them to professionals through programs such as colleges and career expos, career panels, and other work-based learning activities. You're listening to our show, What to Be, where we interview and highlight the career journeys of inspirational people in Santa Cruz County. If you've ever thought, hmm, how do they get that job? Or what is that job really like? Then keep on listening. We would like to remind our listeners that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future is Our Business. Please note that information provided during this program does not reflect this career in its entirety. All right, today we are joined by my wonderful friend, Gavin Clark. Thanks for being here, Gavin. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. All right. I'm excited as well, man. It's going to be a good time. Um, yeah. Gavin is an MD candidate at the School of Medicine at Georgetown University. Yes, that is the Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. All right, Gavin, I guess to start, just tell us what is it like being a medical doctor student? Medical doctor student. Right, like that's that. what MD stands for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Medical doctor, MD. Yeah, we usually abbreviate it med student. You know, uh, med student. Yeah, that sounds rolls a off lot tongue, nicer. A little we'll bit. do that. Okay. So as a med student, yeah, a day, a day, just what it's like. It's it is more work than you ever thought you would have to do, and it is exclusively stuff that you're excited to be doing. It's kind of fun. It it basically is that moment that you've always been waiting for, where you're like, all I'm going to do is I'm going to go to school and I'm going to learn about the stuff I want to learn about. And you've kind of slimmed everything down to that that really condensed material that you're in love with. And it it's a total blast. But it is so much work. Yeah. yeah I, so I, I hear. I, yeah. Do you have a, a reputation as just being a, a med student? It's it's tough. Yeah. And yeah. what were you doing before you went to med school? Before I, I went to med school, I actually got a chance, which is really cool, to do a uh, master's program at the exact same school that I'm going to now. So at Georgetown University. They have this phenomenally cool special master's program. Its um, specific title is like a special master's in physiology and biophysics, which sounds like a mouthful. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but it was, um, it's really, really. What was it again? What In physiology biophysics. and biophysics. Yeah, that's it. Yep, biophysics what and physiology. What is biophysics? Good question. I still don't know. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> biophysics is basically just the physical universal principles that your body behaves under. And so we're trying to figure out how the principles of science and mathematics apply to each one of your organs. Give me an example of a question that someone would use knowledge from the field of biophysics to answer. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Let's let's go ahead and put you in in a medical setting because it makes the absolute most sense to put you in a medical setting. And you have somebody come in who has really, really low blood pressure. Like they've gone into shock. We all know like about like septic shock and all that, right? Like super dangerous. And for all of you that don't know, yeah, please. Fact, septic shock is when you have a bacterial infection in your blood that causes your body to basically go into panic mode, and you get this widespread vein pooling and dilation, and it actually stops blood from coming back to your heart and getting to your brain. Your veins start expanding, expanding. to the point where they're all holding way more blood than they normally do. And so your body's not used to that. Your body thinks it's doing great. It's like, oh, I'm bringing blood to the tissues that have the infections in it. I'm bringing all the, you know, your white blood cells and the things that are going to fight the infection. But in reality, you're actually kind of 
destabilizing yourself and your heart can't keep up. So you go into this shock state. Distributive shock is what the, the technical term is. But all of that sounds like fine and dandy. The issue of understanding why it's a problem is exclusively rooted in biophysics. And the idea is fluid dynamics, right? These principles of like fluid, like water has to run through tubes. If I make the tube bigger, obviously there's more water in it, but the water's moving slower. Okay. If I take that same amount and I kind of shrink the tube, now the water moves much faster. Same rule goes for blood. So the heart is actually having to pump harder because you have this insane reservoir that it's trying to fill with blood and then not enough it gets back. So it kind of helps you understand where the issue is coming from and what it's going to look like on your patient. And it kind of gives you an idea of how to start fixing it. So we're like, okay, well, if there's not enough fluid volume in your body, then you start pushing fluids and mm -hmm. you start giving them things that are going to make the heart beat better and like all of this stuff. And it's it actually, honestly, this biophysics stuff is is amazingly good <laughs> at kind of preparing you for the sort of the mind games that you're going to be playing when you get into medical school. So I, yeah, I'm glad to do it. It was only a year too. It was this year the special long, master's program. The master's program was a year at Georgetown. That is wild. Well, it got you through it. It got you. You're a, a master of biophysics. Oh, yeah. All right. Sick. So you're big on medicine. You talked about how you, you love this field. You didn't, when, when I asked what it was like to be a med student, I thought it was interesting that you didn't necessarily describe the things that a med student said. You just described how you felt and that you loved it. So that's really awesome. Tell me about your background and why. What, what and I mean, go, go way back. Why do you care so much mm -hmm. about the field of medicine? Why do you want to be a doctor? What did you do to get to this point? That's like the billion dollar question. I love that. Okay. So also a little uh, bit here. Anyone that is ever thinking about medicine, these are the questions you should start asking yourself about now. Way better do it now than when you're in your like 20s or something. And then you're like, oh no, <laughs> where does my passion come from? I don't know. If you figure out exactly what you want to do, you're, you're in good shape. But yeah, my desire to, for medicine kind of I hate it because it sounds super, super tropey. You know, like I feel like a lot of people could agree with this. But I've always loved science. Actually, Jacob and I went to high school together. Um, and, I, you know, he, he, he knows that I was always kind of like excited when it came to the chemistry courses and the biology courses. That's right. You and I, Gavin and I, yeah. are the co-founders of the Watsonville High School Chemistry Club. I completely forgot about and that. I'm incredibly disappointed. Well, you, ah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> That's so Ms. cool. Miss Herodora is still there. It still runs. Miss Herodora is the best. Yeah. So... I've always loved people. I've always loved science. I've always loved trying to find some way to answer the questions that seemed really difficult to answer. And as a sort of like I went through school and everything, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do with it. But all of a sudden it started to kind of like point in the direction of like, oh, medicine. A lot of people have some big event that happens. Someone gets sick. They do something. They see something. You know, they helped, you know, they gave CPR to somebody that collapsed at the airport. For me, it was always just sort of a gradual march toward knowing that I wanted to be in medicine. After I graduated high school, I went to UC Davis. Go Ags, great school, love it. At UC Davis, I studied, actually I got in a, a, as a biochemistry major. I don't know if you knew that. I do, I do remember that. Do you remember that? And you switched to something that like, uh, was short, an acronym with three letters. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Good job. What, what a memory this guy's got. Yeah, so I ended up, I ended up switching up into medical microbiology. Once I, I started going that way, I kind of realized that there was a lot more involved in medicine. There was a lot of like really fun bugs, but it was also a lot of really fun, colorful. What, what do you like, mean? Wait, what was your interpretation of medicine before? So that yeah, you, yeah, it I grew like that. I guess my interpretation of medicine was that somebody presents to you sick, and you do work to make you know the body good, right? You give it back blood, you give it some drugs to make it work better. But I never really thought about what was at the nucleation of sickness. Why would somebody get sick in the first place? And a lot of the time, it's like little things that kind of tip the scales. 
and bugs, viruses, mm-hmm. bacteria, you know, fungi, all of this kind of stuff. Those are what's at the core of getting you sick. Maybe you've, you've sort of been just like sick for a long time and then this is like what pushes you over the edge. But yeah, definitely that kind of stuff was really, really eye-opening. I mean, like it's crazy. Just by, by being an, an adult in the world, you have survived things that could kill anybody and you never knew it. Like your body is so good at what it does that the majority of the people on the planet test positive for like specific viruses and stuff that like are not a problem unless you become super ill. And it's, it's like, it's just crazy. It's just crazy what we can do and what we, and what's like all around us. Your body's like a superhero at any given point in time. It is always winning. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's a really cool perspective. But anyway, I did, I did, I did UC Davis. I had a great time there. I ended up really falling in love with, uh, with microbiology. It's like this like tiny world you can't see. It felt really. Was that before you or after your switch to medical? It was, it was after. Okay. It was after. So I, I, I made the switch. Just because I was like, oh, the, you know, biochemistry is really hard. <laughs> and I started uh, working with a cool mentor, actually, at, at UC Davis. And I, he was a, a veterinarian, and he did a lot of bug research. And I was like, I'm going to do a bunch of bug research. And he was like, actually, Gavin, I kind of think you might like people more than bugs. <laughs> I was like, no, you're ridiculous. But it took me a while. I graduated Davis in 2014. And it's 2019 now. I'm just finishing my first semester. Well, we'll, let's talk about that transition in a second. For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM Santa Cruz. My name is Jacob Sheckman. And I'm speaking with Gavin Clark and learning about his journey to becoming a med student at Georgetown University. All right. So you just mentioned that there was a huge gap, five years between getting your bachelor's of science in medical microbiology. Now you're a med student. What, What happened? What did you do in between? What was the reason for this gap? A lot of it was actually a forced gap. It turns out it's incredibly difficult to get into medical school. Yeah, because you, you applied right out of right out. undergrad, right? Right out, yeah. yeah. So my senior year, you have to take this test when you're going to go to medical school. It's called the MCAT, the Medical College Admittance Test. It's insane. It's seven and a half hours long, and it covers everything. Psychology, biology, physics, stuff you don't need necessarily. It, it covers it and in depth. But I was um, studying for it over the summer, and I was balancing a bunch of different things. I was, I was working in a lab at the time, and I was studying for this. I was taking a course to do it, um, and I was you know, balancing friends and girlfriends and family and everything. And, wow, brag about it. Okay, not girlfriends. There was, a, there was a plural on that. But anyway, I was balancing everything. But anyway, I studied hard. I took the MCAT, and I got an okay score, but I, I decided to apply that summer. And I was like, I'm doing it, and I, I threw my application in. And What was your score that summer? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. So it was the old test. And it was a 31 in the old days. But that's not going to mean anything to anyone who takes this test in the future. That equates to approximately a 510, 511 for anybody who's modern. I don't know how a 31 got turned into a 510. But like, that's that's where that goes. And that's a good enough score. It's a good enough score. Like you need like a 510 to be like competitive for schools. Okay. Okay. So I did that. And I applied. And I got a bunch of these. There's a, it's a really long process, right? So you do your primary application, you write your great essays, just like you did for college. And then you have to do these secondaries. And that's where schools start to make decisions. So schools will choose who to give secondaries to, and then they'll not give them to other people. Obviously, if you've made it that far, that feels good. It's like a really nice step. So I got, I actually got secondaries to almost every single school that I applied to, which was really exciting. Filled out the secondaries and got zero, like big old goose egg interviews. 
And that was like incredibly soul crushing. Yeah, that's it's rejection. That sucks. Absolute rejection. And I was like, oh, okay, well, all right, what am I going to do? So my time was up at UC Davis. I moved back home. And then I actually started working in a field that that also used my talents, which was talking to people and enjoying myself and, and, and making people feel comfortable and having a good time. And that actually ended up being in the service industry. So I waited tables for a little while, found a niche actually in bartending. I think that it has a lot to do with liking to to meet new people and find out what makes them tick and what makes them you know have a good time. And I ended up bartending for a, a, a while. I liked it. Would you consider this time to have been valuable toward achieving your goal of getting to med school? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And how so? So I think the easiest thing to do is to finish your degree, go home with the information that you have, and immediately start making money somewhere, whether that's in your degree or not. You're like, I've done all this time learning. I want to start doing, and I want to start earning, and I want to start having a life, right? We're all really eager to, like, grow up and go do stuff. Bartending was amazing. But I realized that because it was so different than what I had been learning and the kind of field that I had set myself up into, I was like, whoa, I'm actually not itching or scratching that itch that I've had. You know, I was like, I, I, I realized that it wasn't just the human aspect, the working with people and like, you know, like this like high stress, high stakes, super fun, really fast moving environment that I needed. It was also the science and the, the, the like the cerebral aspects. Right. I really wanted to be able to have to like think at work. And it was something that kind of made me be like, oh, no, you're good at this. This is fun, but it's not everything. So it gave me huge amounts of like leadership skills and experience working in really like tough situations. And you'd be surprised what people in the industry, I think personally, little, little bit, I think that every single person should have to work waiting tables or like busing or whatever for like six months. Sell shirts at, at, you know what I mean? JCPenney. I don't care. It will make everyone on the world nicer. Yeah, I think I think my time doing that made me more excited to go do something, something more. And I think that that's a good like litmus test. It's, it's a good way to find out if you even need to keep going and keep doing more. Because if you do this and you're like, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm completely satisfied. I've found everything. I'm you know, comfortable. I'm happy. Then maybe that's something to take into mind. But if after a couple months, you're like, oh, man, I got I to gotta do something more. I got to yeah. grow this. You know, then you start to like you start to realize you need to expand and you need to you need to go do something else. The skills I gained, though, were so helpful. Being able to talk to everybody, keep your head prioritizing importances. Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. I, I absolutely, I, I would recommend it to, to anybody. And honestly, it's so important to go become a person. When you're in school, you're a student. You're like a special thing outside of the world. You're not like a part of anything, <laughs> yeah. you know? You're in a, your own little bubble. It's very self-contained. Most of your needs are met immediately. It's really important, I think, to go become a person for a little while. To be out in the real world. To, yeah, to, yeah exactly. To, to do anything you can do to get there. Anything. And, you know, whether it's a couple months or a year or a few years, it, it, you know, just doing it is really big. Because a lot of people, I've realized, didn't have that opportunity. And they are, you know, a little, I don't know, less equipped for it or because of it. It's a good thing to be a person. I would not trade it. I would, I would absolutely do it again. Five years is a long time. I'm really glad that one of those years was spent doing that special master's program. Actually, yeah, if I think about it, it was what? Yeah, yeah, I was two years out of school. I did the special master's program for a year. And then I applied to medical school after the special master's program. And so then Wait, that how, would... how much later? So like I applied almost immediately after graduating because the application cycle usually yeah. opens up a little bit late summer. And then uh, you wait an entire calendar year to start school. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was like I applied like August and I got in August. All right. I want to get back to some more specific questions about what it's like for you day to day as a med student. It's absolute mayhem. <laughs> absolute mayhem. Yeah. Sounds, I guess, right. I don't I wouldn't know. I've never been to medical school. 
Let me, yeah, let me give you like a, a day in the life kind of thing. Yeah, actually, please do. Let's Walk do it. Walk me through it. Day in the life. All right. Okay, get this, guys, boys and girls. Yeah, listen closely. This is a day in the life of Gavin Clark. Oh no, they can find me if you give my middle name. I'll I'll bleep it out. Okay, in the magical world, actually, I'm gonna do two different days in the lives because there are two different types of days in the life of a medical student. So let's say it's day one, and day one you uh, you wake up, you have class at nine a.m. Now, the best part about this is you decide if you want to go to class or not. And when I say go to class, I mean physically be there and you sit down and you do the thing. But you always have class from 9 to noon. That's going to be a a, a rule. 9 to noon, three hours, Monday through Friday. So you can go or you can kind of live stream it in your house, which, by the way, we happen to do in my house, my friends. You can live stream your classrooms? Live stream it. Like it's a sports event or something. Like like I'm going, like I'm like, ah, I can't make it to the game. You know, I'm going to put it up on the projector. I'm not kidding. We have a projector in our house and we stream our stuff. You can even you can even type questions to the professors. That's that's a really cool resource that they provide you. It's nice. phenomenal. That's so awesome. I like to take my mornings a little bit slower and like wake up and have like a functional brain. And so like I'll have a cup of coffee and I'll have my food and I'll literally be sitting there with my roommates. We'll start the lecture. And anytime there's something that we want to like talk about or slow down or hear again, we can actually get off of the live, pause it, back up a few seconds, and start over. It's really fantastic. It, it, it lets you kind of do the pace yeah. that you need, which is, was always a problem when I was in school. School was either too fast or too slow. Now it's just right. I feel like Goldilocks. Goldilocks and the medical degree. <laughs> so anyway, class from 9 to noon. Then you would have maybe like a little hour lunch break, and then you'd start into your like afternoon stuff. Your afternoon might be ethics, small groups. We do a lot of like medical ethics, how to make the big questions. Like, have you ever thought about that? The amount of really tough sort of Sophie's Choice style questions where you're like, hey, you need to make a decision about this person's life. Granted, you're part of a team, but like that decision might be to talk to the family, not talk to the family, like try this thing, subvert. (laughs) It's just crazy. There's a lot of there's a lot of like intricacies that are going on. So we take some medical ethics courses, gross anatomy, which is real gross. So yeah, gross gross is the science term, medical lingo for total, like macroscopic, like large scale, stuff you can see with the eye, as opposed to micro. So there's the microscopic world and there's the gross world. So it's actually kind of fun. Like when Is we're... the microscopic world called clean anatomy? <laughs> Zinger. Nice. Yeah. No, it is though. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, the gross, the gross world, it's cool. It's like, it's basically what you can see and what you can kind of manipulate. You go into anatomy lab. Anatomy lab lasts for hours. It's a five-hour window where you will be doing a dissection. So it's a it's a physical, actual dissecting of human specimens that have been um, they donated themselves knowingly and and with a huge heart. I mean, this is amazingly gracious. The whole families get behind it, and they they donate um, their body to science. When when people say that, that's usually it's what literally what is happening. You're, yeah, yeah, and, and and it's kind of amazing because every one person that does that is is five medical students that are learning how to do all of the procedures and all of the human anatomy, and it's 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 pretty impressive. If we didn't have this. I could not imagine how these doctors would come out. Yeah, so then uh, there's those labs. There's also a lot of community activities. So on any given day, we'll actually drive out to a couple different schools. You do a lot of volunteer work and a lot of like community development is what they call it. We also have communications courses that pull us into the actual hospital and you go and interview patients. The idea. What do you, what do you mean you interview patients? As med students. Yeah. So it's actually, I'd imagine it's kind of awkward on the, on the part of the, the patient because it, they're sitting there and all of a sudden 12 people walk into their room and one of them wearing a white coat sits down and goes, hi, I'm, bleep this one too, Gavin Clark, and I'm going to find out what brought you here today. 
And it's all about like taking a history, a medical history. We've all heard of medical history, right? You know, you, what brought you in? Why are you sick? What, what, what went on? It's kind of funny. You get a lot of really cool stories out of that, actually. You get like a lot of really, really kind of, you get to know the people. And it's, 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 it's a communications course. So it's all about how to like better communicate with people and like relate to them and things. It's actually kind of fun. How to make sure our doctors are people. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Well, yeah. I mean, isn't that, is, yeah. really, is that what it's, it's yeah. like? Okay. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. It, it, and that's actually kind of where the, the ethics things kind of come in, too. Making you a whole person, not just this like scientific robot machine. Because nobody really wants that. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> You go to you go to a hospital and you're like, oh, I'm in I'm in the worst moment of my life. I really hope that I I meet somebody who has no ability to relate to me. So yeah, they make you into a whole person. It's really cool. It's um yeah. So that your entire day then goes from about 9 a.m. to I would probably put it on a long day. You're done at about 7 p.m. And then it's like use the rest of that time to study. And so then you study and you study all day and you study all day and then you wake up the next morning and you do it again and you study all day. Fridays are usually gloriously empty and they, they give you like a kind of an afternoon off and then you get to catch up with everybody and actually talk to your friends again. Mind you, there's like 200 people that are going to Georgetown. It's a really, really cool spot though. It almost feels like I joined like a secret club, you know, and it's like I feel like I'm being almost hazed in a way because of the amount of work that they're like, hey, you know what you're going to do? You're going you're gonna to wake up every morning. You're going to pretend to be excited and you're going to learn a bunch of stuff and you're never going to get to not think about it, which why I focused earlier on being so excited about the material is because it's the only way to get through this kind of stuff. Because it is a gauntlet. This is hard. This is like the hardest time. My friends, who are like some of the smartest people I've ever met, you included, are most certainly like, this is, this is unbelievable. I've never done something that is more difficult, but not a single one of us would change it. I mean, we would never be like, you know what, this isn't for me. Unless you love the stuff that you're going to do, like there's no need to do it. Doctors get a good income, but that's not if you're doing it for the income, you you are absolutely in the wrong place. The doctor comes with some cool stuff, though. You get a really nice coat. No, I like what you say, though, about having to love what you do. That's been a common theme with everyone oh, really? we've talked to. Yeah, everyone has said in their own way, if you don't love what you're doing, then you're not doing the right thing. Exactly. And I think that's a really big, like, like anyone that's tuning into this and is like, hey, I'm actually really curious about like X, Y, or Z, about these all these fields. That's amazing. You guys are literally asking yourself about what interests you and you're finding out more. If you are ever passionate enough about something to do all this research, that's a really good sign about how happy you're going to be in your future. All right. For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at K-Squid 90.7 FM Santa Cruz. I'm your host, Jacob Sheckman, and I'm here today with Gavin Clark and learning about his journey to becoming a medical student at Georgetown University. We would like to remind our listeners that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future is Our Business. Information provided during this program does not necessarily reflect this career in its entirety. What are the requirements to get into most medical programs in the United States? To get into medical school, you obviously have to have completed high school and then completed a bachelor's program. It is, it is an absolute mandatory that you have a bachelor's program. This is the fun part. It doesn't matter what it is, which means that for all of the people that are interested in medicine and interested in something else, now is your time to go do that other thing. If, if you are really interested in theater, go ahead and get your bachelor's degree in theater. You will be able to still get all of those courses because there's a very specific science-heavy course load that you need to take. You get a bachelor's degree. You meet the minimum scientific courses and, like, you know, a little bit of calculus, a little bit of statistics, that kind of stuff. And then you need to take the MCAT and you need to do well on the MCAT. You need to graduate from college and you need to have 
displayed interest in helping people. And it doesn't matter how you find that, but you need to find that. Whether you're volunteering at shelters, tutoring, mentoring, I mean, anything, going to summer camps, you know what I mean? But just like helping people in your community. Um, Being a doctor is like, yes, about like fixing people, but it's also really about understanding where those people come from and helping them in that town. It's your community. It almost feels like they're training us to be community leaders. That's kind of cool. So, but that's really it. Those are the big, the big pillars. Do well in your undergrad and finish. Do well on this test and have a commitment to your community. Also do something fun. Have hobbies. You know what I mean? Like if you're in, if you, if you play a sport, keep playing a sport. Instrument, keep doing instruments. Theater, like I was saying, keep doing theater. Anything. Because like we were just saying, you know, it's all about becoming a whole person. You want a whole doctor. They really do like to see that, like a lot. What is a common misconception about the path to becoming a med student? I think one of the biggest misconceptions about like all of this, I don't know, trying to get into medicine, trying to get into any of these fields, is that there is a single right way. And like, that's like this, like, like, it's really pretty in your brain. You know, it's like super linear. It's like one straight path. You're like, oh, cool. Just drive down this a while and I'll take a right turn and I'll be there. But it is so much more complicated than that. There is no perfect answer. There's no like algorithm. There's no like just like plug and chug and make it happen. Um, You have to do the work. You have to like ask the questions and be open to changing and and be open to being like, you know what? This didn't work for me this time. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep growing. And a lot of the time it's a lot of no. It's a lot of like, no, mm -mm, you didn't make it. Mm, Sorry. (laughs) And you're just kind of like, ah, okay. And it's those moments where you sort of like feel a little beat, like, you know, down. You're like, oh man, it didn't work the first time that you have to be like, well, if this is really important to me, then I'm going to make sure it works the second or third or fifth or sixth time. There is no end. You, you, there is no like, oh, yeah, three tries, you're out. It was really hard to like learn that. And so there was a lot of time where I was like, oh, man, I'm not doing it right. I feel really disappointed. But if anything, that made me want it more and makes me try harder. And, and, and it's working. You know, I think it's, it's paying off. It's, it's, it's success. And it's like a desire that translates into like ownership of what you're doing. And then you feel really like... Yep, I'm here, and I deserve to be here because look how hard I tried to get here. Yeah, since it's like your own little inspiration. Yeah, man, that sound advice. What piece of advice or resource would you like to provide to our listeners to send off with? Yeah, okay. I would say do what I didn't do. Start asking questions really early. If you're interested in something, figure out a way to become a part of it in any way shape or form whether that's like volunteering or Hold you know cl- clarify for me a, l- a little bit start asking questions with the purpose of start asking questions with the purpose of figuring out everything you can about the reality of what you're going to do this is all about demystifying like these crazy pathways and like all these crazy cool careers but every single pathway has a day-to-day and every pathway and every job has a like what you do you wake up you do the thing you go home Figure out what that looks like because we romanticize all of this cool stuff. We make it seem so like, cool and exciting and like there's all of these like great stuff. People only ever talk about the few moments that are like the shining examples. And I think it's really important that if you're interested in anything, you figure out a way to like insert yourself into it for a little while, whether that's just knocking on doors, writing the emails and being like, hey, I'd really love to get to know this from the inside out. And a lot of doctors will let you pop into their clinics and see what they do or talk to you. Or just even, you know, an afternoon, you know, lunch or coffee or whatever, an email. It makes a huge difference. Also, go to your advisors. You have a team of advisors in college. um, And if you're considering medicine, you have to go to college anyway. Use those advisors. I didn't use them. 
I did a lot of like trying to figure out my stuff. And that's where those extra five years came from. <laughs> like, so it cost me five years of my life. And I could have had a 20 minute conversation with somebody who is way more knowledgeable than I am about all of this stuff. Yeah, that. And then lastly, I would say, find somebody who's in it, like who is what you want to become. So if you want to become a doctor, find a doctor that could help mentor you or find a medical student that can also like ask you or answer like the harder questions. Just gather information. Just gather information. Just keep, just just get out keep, there. Hit the ground. Be a person in the world. Be a person. And ask questions. Yeah. And if you do it right, you too can become an MD candidate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why not? Awesome. Well, thank you, Gavin. It's been a pleasure having you here today. It's been a really fun time, man. I'm so glad to have caught up and thanks for, thanks for letting me talk. Absolutely. And thank you to all of our KSQD listeners for tuning in to today's career story with your host, Jacob Sheckman, on our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Gavin Clark, who is a medical student at Georgetown University. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays or stream online at ksqd.org. Thank you for listening.